Today is our uh, Wealthy Woman Warrior Mindset question and answer period with Heather May Cavanaugh and myself, Andrea Carter. And we're excited to get started with you today. We've got some really um, interesting questions. There are two um, from our um, group call today that we're going to be diving into. So without further ado, I think we just dive into them. Um, the first one is. I would say a question that I am hearing more and more and more often, and I'm really excited that it was asked. Um, so the question is, I'm leaving a multi six-figure job to go out on my own. What is the mindset I need to create for, so that I create a business out of my own value? Um, and, you know, this is something, Heather, you, you've experienced this, you've been through this, you've been there, done that, come out on the other side of it. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Um, yes. And I am seeing this all over the map. Um, I actually, you know, in, in the past couple of months, never before in my career have I ever seen so many women that are saying this, that are doing this. And I think today is going to give them tremendous value to help them get ahead of what's going to happen once they're on the other side of it. And I think there's a couple of ways that we can work with this. First is a mindset perspective. I think second is looking at like a plan for it. And then um, what to expect as well. Because I think that's, I think in a lot of ways, women are thinking, you know, it's always that the grass is greener on the other side. And not to say that it's not, but there is going to be a lot of things that you likely just aren't aware of. And it's not because you're not smart. It's not because you're not incredible. It's not because you're not a rock star at what you do. It's because you don't know what you don't know. So, um, Let's dive in. This is this is meaty question. So, um, Heather, let's start with you. Okay. Did you actually read the question? Should we read the question? Read the question again. I'm leaving a multi six figure job to go out on my own. What is the mindset I need to create a business out of my own value? I'm sorry. If you read that, I guess I was so excited about that question. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. <laughs> remedial day today so. <laughs> bear with me it's only wednesday but it feels like a friday um so this is uh this is the million dollar question isn't it um and this is this is the one that uh we probably struggle with ourselves um we can be very confident and competent in telling people we're going to do this and i'm i'm I have my plans and I'm going to make my side hustle my full-time job or I'm, I'm going to get out and do something that fills my soul or I'm committing to my passion or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, but it's the mindset part is the part that uh, I think we as individuals sort of struggle with when we go to bed at night and when we wake up in the morning. Um, and it's one of those things that has the potential to keep you up at night. And 
maybe that's an okay thing because you are making a really big change. And so the mindset that you need is certainly one of being prolific and being in a going forward, I'm open to learning, but it needs tremendous, tremendous confidence and it needs tremendous, tremendous passion and inspiration. And I think it needs a tremendous amount of, you spoke to it, you need the hard things too, the plan and the um, compassion for yourself when you hit things you hadn't expected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I, I think when we change anything, whenever there is a change, there's an up level. Um, so typically what happens when I look at, again, like just the five cycles of mindset, you know, you go from um, that stage four is where you're coasting and you're kind of looking at, you know, you're assessing, you're, you're, you've assimilated your knowledge, you've, you've been doing a great job at whatever it is that you're doing, and you're looking for your next place to grow. Um, and that up level is your next place to grow. And, um, you know, what, I, what I'm seeing a lot of is that when women are going through these transitions, what's happening is um, that we either go into, I've got this, or um, catastrophizing. And I know catastrophizing is not a word, okay? That's, that's my made up word. Um, but I've made it up because I've seen it happen so much. And this is one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. And so you're going to get to a place where you're going to be on this path and you're going to think, well, now what? And then what's happening is that the obstacle, the other people's beliefs, um, that's what is creating the catastrophe. And that's going to take you from, you know, things are okay. I'm figuring this out into, OMG, I'm a complete and utter failure. And what did I do? Why did I leave that job? Um, and these are the things that you can't plan for. And I think one of the places that I want to start with in answering this question is that there isn't going to be a single person out there that's going to tell you, hey, you've got this, you can do it. Unless you have a coach or a mentor or, or a champion, everyone is going to tell you what you can't do because that is how we are programmed to experience. And um, they're going to look at some of the things that you say, they're going to, there's going to be a lot of judgment. And then what happens is because in a woman's brain, everything connects to everything. We start to internalize, uh, women start to internalize that judgment. And instead of recognizing, Hey, that person is thinking that because they haven't done it. And if they haven't done it, they have no idea how to talk to me about it then what happens is that you do, you internalize it and you catastrophize it so that you go from, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this all out and I can rely on my past experiences and whatever I can't rely on, I can either figure out, I can ask questions, I can look for answers. My bigger vision is bigger than any obstacle. And I think that's one of the things that, a lot of us don't 
take enough time to develop and train the mindset to move forward. And I want you to consider this. You know, why do you think Tony Robbins, when he gives any sort of seminar, um, why do you think, have you ever wondered this? Why is there always a firewalk? <laughs> what is the purpose of the firewalk? And the purpose of the firewalk is simply a reference point. It's a reference point to prove to yourself that you can do something in the face of fear, okay? It's that you're in front of this firewalk and you're not gonna die by walking across it. You know, that's where your thoughts come in and they take you out. Um, we go into, I'm gonna lose everything. We go into, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna go bankrupt. Um, I'm gonna be homeless. I'm gonna be jobless. I'm gonna be a failure. All of the things I've worked for are gonna be, you know, this, that, or the other thing. But this is the, the area where resiliency, persistence, and grit really show up. And that is in your mind. But you, you likely, to get to where you have today, you've thought different things to be where you are. You've used different mindset tools to get to this multi-six-figure job in corporate. And now, for whatever reason, what you want versus what your new vision is they don't match. And that's why that, that it's painful, right? It feels painful. It, it feels like you're in a crisis. It feels like you're the only person in the world that's experiencing this. And it is really difficult to rise up if you don't have support to help you get to that next level, or if you don't know how to train your thinking to get you to the other side. Now. Yes. And I would say if you, if you just chalk it up to fear of risk, because I would like to say it is about your mindset. Because you brought you again, as you indicated, you've, you've, you've certainly done risky things or had to make decisions where you didn't have all of the analysis before you made it or, um, you know, whatever you had to do, but people will tell you, Oh, that's just taking risk. Oh, you know, that hiccup you're feeling is just taking risk. It's actually not. I think it's a biomechanical body response to the change you're about to embark on. And that can be supported yourself, developed yourself through mindset. Um, and that's not a piece that I think we give enough credit to. The credo goes towards, oh, it's just risk. Take another risk. You're afraid of risk. Mm -hmm. No, it's really change and how I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I think one of the ways that, that you're expressing this, because risk can mean different things to different people. That's very true. Yeah. And so risk can also mean taking action. You hear a lot of people just say, well, just go do something, you know, move something forward and you'll get over this. Um, but if you're not addressing that fear, that doubt, that worry in the, you know, again, it's in the silence of your own mind. It's not, it's not outside of you, but what you do is you take everything that's outside and then you internalize it and you hold on to it. And that's where 
so many women can feel paralyzed and isolated and alone and um, as if they don't have the tools. And it's not that they don't have the tools. It's not that they're not smart enough. It's not that you're not fully capable of creating a business that honors your value, that delivers value, that is readily needed by um, you know, customers out there. It literally is the mindset piece. And um, why does it seem that it's so hard for women? I personally, I, and, I, and I don't know this for fact, <laughs> but I think based on the conversations um, that I've been having, it really comes down to the fact that everything relates to everything. You know, you don't just think about your career when you make a move like this. You think about how your children are going to go to university. You think of, um, you know, how you're going to pay for your private school or how you're going to pay for your vacations or how you're going to, um, you know, replace that income. But more so, what are the steps? And, and those pieces are the pieces that spill out over all of your choices, all of your actions, and why, you know, Heather, you made a good point that it is an embodiment. It's the ability to embody the thought process that my thinking and my ability is bigger than whatever obstacle is in front of me. Yeah. And, and that, that is a prolific mindset. That is being able to look at something and go, okay, so this is the obstacle. This is the situation. I'm not going to go into catastrophizing. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to think about how I'm going to map this out and how I'm going to believe that I can make it through this. And that doesn't always just happen in the conscious mind. And I think that is one of the catch-alls. You know, it's, it's one of those things where we haven't learned how to shift the neural imprints, because your thoughts create neural imprints. They create paths. So it's easier for you to repeat the negative thought. It's easier for you to repeat that, you know, whatever so-and-so said about what you're trying to do. It's easier for when you're falling asleep at night for you to worry about all of the things that are going to be affected by your choice to do this. So that being said, <laughs> this might seem like it's a lot of doom and gloom right now, but that's the piece that we're, we're really wanting to share with you that learning how to train your thinking is an investment that if you haven't um, taken, I highly suggest that you do it because not only do you need to learn how to think around your obstacles you need to know how to embody and become bigger than the challenge in front of you. And that has to happen from a subconscious and a conscious perspective in order for you to get where you want to go. Yeah. And it's a new um, skill and approach because you will have to draw upon it again and again and again. It isn't just at this stage in taking, it isn't just in the, newlywed year or the initial three month period, there are crazy cycles of, you know, stuff to, to take you out and get you off your, off your solid footing, um, consciously, subconsciously, financially, and you, you, you need to 
have that process and skill and ability to tap into to keep you in a momentous step forward towards what it is that you want. Absolutely. Because I think, wouldn't you say, would you agree with me on this, Heather, that at every stage of learning something new, you're actually pushed back into a fixed mindset or a fear base or a worry or a doubt aspect? I think so, because I think that's how the mind works, because we recall on history. Mm -hmm. You can't escape your experiences. Uh, And so that is automatically drawn up. Even if I consciously reject it, it is even subconsciously there. Um, and, uh, you have to be prepared to, um, address it or know that it's coming up, um, in order to really move fast, uh, move past, uh, through or around, uh, whatever it is that, you know, today's challenge, uh, happens to be. Or the- well, and it's interesting. I remember, you know, one of, um, one of the the people, so one of my family members in my, in my family, who I value her opinion um, very highly, but she will always say, "Plan for the worst." She always says that, and I hate it when I hear her say it because it's not about planning for the worst case scenario. It's about understanding yourself, understanding the way you think, understanding how you're going to respond. That's how you plan. You plan for um, how you're going to navigate your mind to work for you instead of against you. And I think if we can get away from planning for the worst case scenario, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) But really look at the flip side of that investing in how to make your your mindset work for you. Um, You know, we're just on the precipice of a very new way of being a leader, um, of a a new way of walking into, um, you know, whatever the, the client situation, whatever the offer situation is, and being able to um, have a connection rather than just drive home a sales pitch. You know, we're, we're embarking on such a different way of doing business that most people aren't entirely sure of how they're going to get to that next level of success. Yet, most women that we work with want it. Like, they want it. They can taste it. They can feel it. If it's not going to happen in the corporate setting by, you know, gosh, darn it, I am going to go after it on my own because I can make it happen. And that thirst, I, I mean, that thirst is real. That hunger is real. And there is this, this push and pull, this stop and start with, can I do this? No, I can't. I can how do I make this happen? Am I going to burn out? Are my kids going to hate me? Is my husband going to leave me? You know, we, we go through all of these questions and, and thoughts and I don't know. Um, maybe that's my next case study, but I don't know that men are necessarily <laughs> going through 
the, the, the processes that we go through simply because of the way that our brains are wired differently? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't know the answer to that myself other than just to hypothesize that, um, I mean, they just are big intertwined questions, but I, I, and, and, and then, you know, constant comments where you're, you know, regurgitating and, and, um, re thinking through, you know, everything that's sort of ever happened to you, good and bad. Um, and that never, ever leaves you. And that's good because from that you can get drive and grit and, um, but it also conjures up the negative doubts because there are things that people have said to you previously. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, hopefully we've, um, dug deep and helped with that mindset. My suggestion would be, um, if you haven't already, get into one of the um, opt-ins that we have on the wealthywomanwarrior.com website, go to the free courses area and get into either, you know, Heather's 12 um, inspiration zappers, which is where she's talking about the transformation of going from, you know, corporate to working at home and, um, you know, how to stay out of procrastination. How do you keep going? How do you generate profit? Um, it's a really great download or get into the prolific mindset course um, so that you can understand just the cycles of mindset and what the difference is when you're operating in those cycles from either a fixed or a prolific perspective, because both are going to be very helpful and, um, and will will help trans transition you uh, once you do make that leap um, more graciously than most women are experiencing it. There will be pain points, but there are also but the pleasure points will outnumber uh, the pain points. Yeah, uh, it, uh, with mindset working on you, you're 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 garnering up your own additional support. Um, bigger and better than you probably ever thought possible. Yeah. It's empowering. It's really empowering to be able to, you know, when you're in a, a bad state and, and I mean, all of us get there. Um, you know, I, I can't say that there aren't um, times weekly that I'm like, ah, how am I going to do this? Or what am I going to do to make this happen or change this? Um, and you go to it, you go to that place, but it is so empowering to be in that place and go, Andrea, come on, you know, get your, get your mindset together. Um, you've got, you've got it, go do it. Use your, you know, I use what we, a mindset framework called the inner navigation center. Go use your inner navigation center, get out of this, um, you know, catastrophizing mindset or your pity party or your place of doom and gloom, get your ladder out, climb out of your hole and, you know, take action. And you, and you can take action once you're coming from that place. And, and that I think is, um, it's a tremendous place, place to be. Place clarity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, shall we move into our next question? This question is um, an interesting one. Um, it was anonymously asked, and um, I'm curious to know 
I'd love a little bit more context, but we're going to answer it from whatever perspective we go from. Uh, the question is, why do you think money is the Achilles heel of growth for women? So why do you think money is the Achilles heel of growth for women? And so my first thought is, oh, that's interesting. Do you think that we think that the Achilles heel <laughs> is money? Or do you think that the money is an Achilles heel for women? Um, I think there's a lot that we can uh, talk about in this piece because money is, um, man, money is a, is a tricky to topic for anyone, men and women. Although I would have to agree that men are more empowered with money than women. Um, and I'll give my little feedback on that um, after. Uh, Heather, I'd love for you to kind of dive into it. Yeah, money is, um, you know, do we have enough? Do we not have enough? Am I making enough? How much is enough? How much do I need? Why does he seem to have more than I have? Why do, there's, there's so much uh, concern and comparison and quite frankly baggage that we all, every single one of us has with money. I don't believe we as a society talk about it a lot. So, because we're taught not to ask about salaries and we're taught, you know, you don't, that's not really something you talk about. And it's not, and it's not nice to talk about money and it's, uh, and it's in other circumstances, it's boastful and, and it's like a challenge to talk about money. Um, so there's all kinds of mixed messages about, about money and saving versus spending and investing versus saving. And, um, it's no wonder that there's such a conundrum around what should I be doing with my money? Um, and then you layer in the whole baggage part, which is, you know, have you ever thought about how you grew up with money? What was your first associations with money? How, you know, why does one sibling save, 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 and another sibling, um, you know, money is like, there's a hole in their pocket, like just, you know, money to burn then they got to go to the candy store and 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 blow it and you know what have you seen over the course of of time that your parents did with money did they fight about it did they blow it did they celebrate it did they never have enough um it's it just is so complicated and layered that it can't not be an issue but it tends to be one that we really don't think about mm -hmm. until we get to a point of crisis or we're faced with something that we want to change or we're on our own and trying to figure out how to make new budgets, um, those types of things. And, um, you know, I come from the finance industry and I worked with lots of powerful women managing multi-billion dollar portfolios of money. Um, so fully capable with managing money and making huge decisions um, and and trades and negotiations um, but you know then you even come back and you work with them on a project and it's you know, about budgeting for a, a project that you're working on and you know here we are fighting over money and you think wow like we should be like in a point of empowerment but money is just terribly terribly complex um, and so you need to have a money mindset um, experience, conversation, process, um, course of work 
where you work through how it is you think money works for you or works in the world and how you like to have money add to your life or but if you're in a framework where you don't see money as a good thing it could never add to your life like you have to uncover how i actually feel about money and i think when we really do this exercise i know i did i think most people are, are shocked by how they feel about money and what they've learned about money so what they do with money that they've never ever really articulated to themselves, said to themselves or realized that, oh my God, that's my money behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, because as you said, we don't talk about money. We, we don't. Um, even in families, you know, we've modeled, we, we're, we're able to watch what our parents do. We learn from our parents. Uh, we we observe and then our observations become our actions. Um, you know, parents are always saying, do what I say, not what I do. And yet when it comes to money, one of the reasons I think men seem to have an easier time with it than women is men have mentors in the business industry who have done incredible things with money. Um, the first person that comes to my mind on this is Warren Buffett. Um, you know, there are men that, um, you know, men will read books on those people and how they've done what they have done. Whereas, and if you look at the financial industry, this is one of the places, this is one of my bones of contentions because I don't know the specific stats, but I know here in Canada, it is like 87% of, of the financial industry is run by men. So if you look at that statistic alone, you think, well, who is it that's giving us guidance on money and what we're capable of doing with it? Where are women getting their empowerment of money from? Do we have people who are modeling what money can actually do for us? And if not, what are the tapes? Meaning, what is it that we're thinking about on a day-to-day -day basis? And you think about money every single day. Money is not something that you ever escape. So, you know, your kid comes home with the, <laughs> with the parent agent form, they're going on a field trip and you need $14 cash to, to, to send that in, right? Because we still have to send money in cash. Drives me crazy. But these are the things where you then go, okay, so, you know, these little things, they're not big things. But they're a constant little reminder to go back to whatever the money status is that you're thinking about. So if you're really working with your money and you're excited about money and money's empowering and you're like, yes, you know, I'm doing this. You look at that $14 and you go, yeah, shoot, I should keep more cash at home. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I keep more cash at home? Um, if you're on the flip side of it and your kid comes home and they've got the $14 that they need in cash and you're living paycheck to paycheck and 
what's shocking that I think a lot of people don't realize is that women who are making good money. So these are the women that are earning six figures and up. A lot of them have not learned or invested in how to make their money work for them. So even though they might be making these awesome paychecks, a lot of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So this is where this piece gets so scary because in order for us to understand how to make money work for us, we have to actually believe that money isn't bad. And right now we're seeing a lot of women who are coming from the belief system that either have really great relationships and my personal life is awesome, or I'm working my tail off and money is more important than my relationships. So it's like we're doing this weird dance of, you know, either money or love, love or money. But if we're doing that, that's actually what is setting us up for failure in our relationships and failure in our money. We would never want, would you ever want to look at your children and see them as your jailers because you chose to make them more important than your financial stability? That's a big, I, I know that that's a crazy question. It's a crazy question. Um, but it's a question we need to start asking ourselves because the, the money mindset that we're walking around with on a day-to-day -day basis is absolutely what is shaping um, your growth your progress, your, your confidence, your ability to feel empowered. And, um, you know, we talk about fear of missing out. We talk about the comparison, um, you know, who's wearing what at the ski club, who's got the bigger cottage, who's, I don't know, got the better purse, whatever it is. Those items are items that if we don't look underneath what that means to us, then we can't ever get to a place where we feel like we've got money conquered. Um, instead, money gets to conquer us. Yeah, and, and, and do it with confidence, that you have confidence yeah. in your money decisions. Mm -hmm. um, Especially if you're leading your own business. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think that there's a lot of peace to and And that also. This is where it gets broader and broader and broader. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and the reason I think it was easy to go there, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, <laughs> but I think why it's easy to go there is even looking at that initial question that we had, right, about, okay, I'm leaving this corporate job. What's the mindset that I need to create, you know, a, a business that's going to generate profit? Because in the past, a lot of women have set up a side hustle. A lot of women has set up, you know, a business that doesn't necessarily have to generate income, but it creates a bit of pocket money. Why are we doing that rather than looking for the profits that we can actually generate? 
And, and what is the shift in mindset? What is the shift in our ability to get there? A lot of it comes down to scalability. And, and being able to scale um, comes down to understanding what you don't know and how to make your money work for you. Um, you know, we talk even just the, the terms of money uh, have you know, statistically shown that, that those terms are one of the reasons why we stay away from it. Um, but money isn't about math. And that's, I think, one of the places that we get caught. Money is about what we're believing, what we're thinking, how we're behaving, the choices that we make, the actions that we take with it. And, um, you know, I think moving forward, I feel, and maybe this is just me, <laughs> but I feel like women are going to start to come into their own about money very shortly, especially if they start addressing some of those issues that are lying underneath the surface. And, you know, if we start to understand the thoughts that we're having, the programming that we have and questioning it or interrupting it or challenging whether it's true, I think that that's really the transformation and where, um, you know, women are about to, there's going to be a disproportionate amount of women who have access to a ridiculous amount of money in the next 10 years. We know that. Um, and how we handle it, what we do with it, that comes down to what we're thinking, what's between our ears. And how, how much of that would you say, Andrea, is, um, so it's, it's thinking, it's about taking a commodity. I mean, we just, we talk about money like it's a commodity. Yep. But clearly it's, is it thoughts or is it thoughts and emotions or is it, is it just an emotionality or I guess it's all. It's all because you can't separate, think, if you think about it, you can't separate your thoughts from the emotion that you have as a response thought would trigger yeah thought would trigger a feeling right yeah. so if you again like we'll, we'll just use that very basic experience you know here comes the permission slip permission slip comes home shoot i can't afford 14 dollars. or shoot that's not an expected cost um how do i get around it's the cash flow it's the cash flow it's the cash flow it's the cash flow so like yeah you know, when we're looking at that, there are, you know, there's a number of different ways that you can set yourself up. I, um, I talk about having a warrior line. And what I mean by that is have a line in your business that you never go below. Um, so, you know, in my bank account, um, I know what my bank, what I need in my bank account in order for me to feel, um, confident in order for me to know that I'm covered in order for me to feel like I've got this. Oh, I see. Okay. A warrior line. It a warrior line. Meaning like if I dip below this, what do I got to do to get back up here? Um, and, and when we, when we have that awareness, um, that also helps you change the way that you think about, um, your cash flow, right? Um, and, you know, from that perspective, 
um, the reason I went there was because when you think about that number, whatever that number is, the moment you dip below it, there's an anxiety, there's a fear, there's a worry, there's a doubt, there's a holy shit feeling, right? There's, there's a yeah, there's a there's a spiral, a mental twizzle, a physical um, holding in my body, and you know. I'd like to think that my number is, is nice and high at this point, but the moment I think of going below it, I, I can feel my body tense. Um, and I think that when you're, when you're living where it is paycheck to paycheck, um, regardless of what money you're making, there is um, a, a visceral connection that you have to the emotional response of the thoughts that you're having about money. And it's that visceral connection that, you know, this person asked the Achilles heel. Well, what is an Achilles heel? An Achilles heel is, is, you know, the, the, the pain point and pain is visceral. We feel pain. Pain might be an emotional pain, but we feel it. Think about the, the description of heartbreak. Um, you know, the description of what it means when we lose something. Mm-hmm. Um, that applies to money. And um, that, regardless of how much you have or how little you have, your perception about it is what creates your visceral response to it. Which means that if that emotional reaction, if you, if you don't know how to navigate that emotional reaction, anytime there is um, a surprise, there is going to be a, a stress response, a, a physical clamping down, a tension um, that occurs. And so, Part of that, getting over that, is learning how to make your money work for you. Part of that is learning how to set up some boundaries for yourself around money so that you feel empowered by it. And some of it is diving deep into really uncovering whatever it was that you learned about it that has now become a mental block. Um, because I think that, you know, we kind of, we kind of coast through life, um, in a lot of ways with money. And then it's not until we come to a change, a life change, a business change, a family change that all of the sudden, um, the money becomes an issue and, and it's not always lack of, um, so consider what happens statistically with lotto winners. Um, Don't they say that it's something like 90, it's a high percentage, like it's a ridiculously high percentage. And I, I don't know the exact percent, but they say that people that win the lottery end up bankrupt within like a year to three years because they don't understand the, the thought process that happens underneath that massive amount of winnings, you know, regardless of what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's intensely, um, 
I, it's intensely complicated. And I think, I just think people who've never sort of dipped their toe into it, you, you would like to do it, like, you would like to do it proactively instead of waiting until one of these crisis moments um, to find out what your um, Achilles heel or your baggage or your, you know, whatever it is that you have with money. It's a lot nicer to find out um, ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. Than when you're in the midst of a crisis, um, you know, I, I, they they've been talking about how important money mindset is, is even for um, financial planners. So again, working in the industry, um, wealth management offices, family offices, um, because you know people are trying to have conversations with um, you know boomers or people who are getting ready to really transition from income earning to now income um, depleting. Uh, in, in some cons, it's just, it's very different. And um, their planners are having trouble having these conversations with couples because the, the couples aren't anywhere near the same um, mindset. Framework, mindset around what they think should happen with their money, let alone what, you know, they may have talked about what they want to do in retirement, but they haven't talked about the money part of it. Um, and so they are using coaches and mindset experts to come in and have those conversations before they can even go back and have um, the, the financial planning conversation or the yeah. Well, and a lot of times, you know, again, we look back to who are the financial advisors right now. If we have an imbalance of men who are advising couples and the woman doesn't feel comfortable with the advisor or doesn't agree then there is this struggle. There's, there's a power struggle. There's a control struggle. There is a fear of losing it. There's a fear of not being seen, valued, heard, respected. And, there, and those things run deeper. And they're likely conversations that, that a lot of couples have never had, not because they don't love each other, not because they're not committed to the relationship, but simply because there's always been money coming in and money going out. And it's never, again, it's one of those things that we don't actually look at until we're faced to look at it. And, and I think that's why there's so much verbiage around scaring women into, well, you're either going to be a widow or you're going to be divorced or, you know, whatever it is. And so there's all of this fear-based wording around making money or making women understand money. But what most advisors don't understand is that you actually have to come from a place of why money can be empowering um, so that your client, male or female, can make the choices that they want to make to get the outcome that they're looking to make. Because I think that's one of the paces that you know, you don't have to have a ton of money to get started and you don't have to even have everything in place to get started. But learning and understanding is where you're going to get the empowerment from. Yeah, for sure. Cool. For sure. Great questions as always today. Thank you so much, Heather, for joining me and unpacking these um, mindset questions as, as our listeners write them in and leave them for us. And um, we look forward to next Wednesday when we're back on delivering to you different answers around mindset 
and your empowerment. Have a fabulous day. And if, as I said, if you haven't already, check out wealthywomanwarrior.com. Get into those free courses and download as much as you can to feel more empowered and reach your economic, personal, and professional potential. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks.